In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Good morning, Cleveland. It's game day, and I'm not here with my co-host Jack. I'm here with a Bengals fan. Please don't get upset, guys, but he's in the UK and he's promised to come on the show, and it's been an honour to get a Bengals fan finally on the show, and he knows his stuff. So, Paul, hi, Ron. Did I say that correct? Paul, how are you? Yeah, yes, you did, Paul, and hello. I'm very well, thank you. So, another Paul... Also, who likes Paul Brown. Um, how's it going, Paul? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm slightly nervous about tomorrow. But, uh, I mean, when I got the call that you, uh, Paul Brown wanted to talk to me, I was like, what, what the hell is this? Is this some sort of weird clairvoyant <laughs> kind of most haunted show where, where we're going to talk to Paul Brown from beyond the grave? But, of course, if Paul, Gra- Paul Brown comes knocking, you can't say no. So, yeah, happy to be here, mate. Uh, excellent, good. And um, yeah, does, does Paul Brown still get a, loads of coverage at the Bengals or um, is it kind of died down a bit well, now? And... I mean, it's, it's more his son, Mike Brown, that gets the most coverage at the moment, uh, mostly negatively, to be honest with you. He's seen as like this kind of uh, golems type of figure who sort of sits underneath the bridge and counts his pennies and is the tightest man in the NFL. And uh, most, I think most Bengals fans have issues with Mike Brown. I think that's fair to say. Uh, but Paul Brown, certainly, for me, because I've been supporting him for far too long, um, he is obviously a complete legend. And if anybody has watched, I always try and point fan, younger fans to the recent um, Football Life episode of Paul Brown, right. which is fantastic, for a proper education. And we're... And it's a weird thing, you know, the Bengals and the Browns are going to be forever linked, not just because they were, they're both in Ohio, but because of Paul Brown. And um, so the rivalry is quite an interesting one, I think. Um, There doesn't seem to be the hatred, the pure, unadulterated hatred there is for the the Steelers, for instance. Um, I I think there's some mutual respect for the Browns uh, and the Bengals. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. But uh, certainly in the UK, um, and also because the Browns are kind of going through what the Bengals went through in the 90s, you know, they were absolutely dreadful um, for a very long time. So um, we'll see. Well, Paul, this is not a love episode, mate. We need to get some brutal, uh, <laughs> some brutal uh, facts in there. Look, the Bengals have come off a loss and the Browns have yep. come off a win. Yeah. Um, the, the word on the street at the moment is that um, uh, AJ Green's doubtful, which... I don't think he's going to play any inside or anything that you're hearing on social media at the moment. All the, well, yeah, all the reports suggest that uh, AJ is not going to play tomorrow. Um, along with, I would say, pretty much half the first team of the Bengals. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the kind of the number of players that have gone into IR this season is just ridiculous. I don't think I remember a season like it for injuries. So... So yeah, I mean, if they call, I'm. Wouldn't, I'm waiting for a call myself, to be honest with you, to play, <laughs> to 
to play in the linebacking core tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're very much depleted. Yeah, and um, I've done a bit of research and defence doesn't seem to be your st- strongest point at the moment. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, that, uh, no offence, but that probably didn't take too much research. You just have to look at how many yards we give up each. Uh, we, I don't know what's happened. We hired this new uh, defensive coordinator from Detroit called Terrell Austin, uh, who got fired. A very un-Bengals-like move. Normally, Mike Brown is the most loyal to a fault guy. Um, but yeah, they shopped him out because we were just, I mean, giving up like 500 yards a game and historically bad defence. Um, I mean, even with people like Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap and, and uh, Carl Lawson, our, our sort of second year um, kind of defensive end, um, we just weren't getting the job done. And it, uh, he, he kind of brought in this new scheme that seemed to bet the house on getting turnovers. And uh, yes, we got a few more turnovers, but we were just giving up like so many yards. It was just ridiculous. So they fired him, which is again a very un Bengals like move, you know. So now we have the weird prospect of Marvin, excuse me, Marvin Lewis himself being the d- defensive coordinator, taking over defensive coordinator duties. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Um, I think Marvin's taken it really, really personally. This whole kind of, you know, because he's a defensive guy, right? He's won a couple of Super Bowls, um, which is, forget that. Um, So the hope is that he will kind of get at least the fundamentals right and teach them to tackle again, which for an NFL team, that's a weird thing to say. You'd expect them to know how to tackle. But this season, honestly, they can't tackle a, a fart, to be honest with you. Yeah, I would say like um, our running game has been very strong, and obviously you've, you've must have heard about Chubb what he's been doing recently. Yeah, it looks great. Absolutely, it's great. Um, yeah, how do you feel about your run defense going up against Chubb tomorrow? I feel very unconfident, to be honest with you. Um, uh, run defense, even last year, we were always likely to give up the big play, and this year we've been pretty awful. That is our two weaknesses on the Bengals, like real weaknesses in amongst a whole kind of big box of weaknesses is <laughs> the run defence and also the passes underneath. The linebacking court is pretty much non-existent at the moment. So, yeah, I'm worried about Chubb. I'm worried about Duke Johnson coming out of the backfield as well. I mean, uh, yeah, it's going to be either a shootout or and I'm, I'm not sure. We'll see. And um, next year draft, um, yeah. who's your first... Um, first need, first pick will be, forget the talent side, but what position do you think you, you're going to be going straight after? Well, I mentioned, I keep banging on about the linebacking core, but it's, it, it is a group that we chronically um, underinvest in. Uh, we go for cornerbacks a lot in, uh, high up in the draft. Uh, we go for offensive linemen when needed. Uh, we go for defensive linemen when needed, which is all great. But we've not had like a. We always seem to kind of rely on undrafted free agents as linebackers. We uh, pick up kind of fair to middling guys in in uh, free agency. Um, so I think I think the linebacking core could do with some love. I mean, I, I had my eye on Darius Leonard last year. Yep. Uh, and he's obviously. I'm not saying like I'm an amazing draft scout or anything like that, but. 
he's obviously pulling up trees in in uh, in Indy, and um, we need someone like that. Some Lucas like Perfect has gone off the boil, and also he's a dick. So um, you know, we need some linebackers that a can tackle and b sort of really make plays because I think that will just kind of help everything come together really. But you can get a good linebacker in the third, fourth round. Is there like in the first round someone that you think we just desperately need to get or you're happy to go and get a linebacker in the first round? Well, again, it depends on... I haven't really got into the draft yet. I haven't yeah. really paid attention to what's going on. I normally kind of reserve that for kind of, you know, straight after the season finishes, I'll sort of dig into who, who's yeah. out there and whatnot. But yeah, we could maybe do... we. We've made some catastrophic picks on the offensive line in the past couple of years. We've obviously let uh, Zeitler go to you guys. Who's, yep. You know how solid he is. Um, uh, we, let, we let Whitworth go. Fair enough, at the end, he, was at the end of, he is at the end of his career, but he's playing at an all-pro level the past two years, so we probably should have kept him. Um, so maybe an offensive lineman. Um, yeah, offensive lineman, I think, or um, or linebacker, or you know, you can never get too many defensive linemen, you know. So um, yeah, but I'll, I'll dig into the. Basically, we kind of need people at every position at the moment. So, <laughs> oh, um, okay. so yeah, I think I think it's a tricky one, really. And of course, we're still, you know, there's still the hope from with a, from a lot of Bengals fans is that we can still make the playoffs. We're what five and six now. We see the Browns game as an absolute must win um, if we have any aspirations to get to the playoffs. And, you know, the way the season started, we thought that maybe this was, we're going to get back to the playoffs, you know. So, yeah, it started really well, something like four and one or something like that. And then came up against like those guys. I mean, obviously, there was another heartbreaking loss to the Steelers because we can't lose the Steelers in any other way. It's got to be heartbreaking. Or nothing at all, seemingly. And then we got absolutely battered against the Chiefs. And we got absolutely battered against the Saints. Um, so, you know, yeah. So it's been a bit up and down, shall we say. And um, I'm sure all the Browns guys listening to this will know this question answered is Hugh Jackson. Go yeah. on, tell me, how excited are you to have Hugh Jackson part of your team? Well, I'm not, I'm not sort of like frothing at the mouth of Hugh coming back to be honest with you but I'm okay with it and I understand it now before he went to the Browns a couple of years ago it was said that there was a succession plan in place at Cincinnati where Marvin was going to retire in a couple of years time and Hugh was going to take over as head coach which at the time you know most Bengals fans were okay with uh, because whenever he's been in Cincinnati He's done a really good job. He was an outstanding wide receivers coach uh, in the time of Chad Ostrosinko and, and uh, TJ Hushmanzada in the mid-noughties. Um, he was good as a kind of a defensive assistant and he was excellent as an offensive coordinator a couple of years ago. And every time he's been at the Bengals, we've got to the playoffs, bizarrely. Um, so I don't think there's any doubt that he's an excellent coordinator and coach. But, of course, once again, his frailties as a head coach uh, were kind of laid bare when he went to Cleveland. Now, obviously, it's, Cleveland's a difficult job. You're perennially rubbish and 
losing team and it's difficult to turn that kind of tide around you know god knows we've been there um but yeah he's i mean i i'm fine with him coming back because obviously marvin's gone over to defensive coordinator and he needs a bit of help on the sideline right um his game management has always been pretty poor which is probably where hughes learned that from um so um yeah, I, I'm, but I'm fine with it. You know, the players absolutely love him. He's got really good energy. He's a really good coach. Uh, he's not... I'm, so I'm fine with it. I'm, we need to have a separate conversation if the idea of, of him becoming head coach becomes a reality. That's a different conversation completely. I've, I've got to say, I was... Um, when Hugh Jackson was linked with the Browns, I was pro-Hugh Jackson. And, and throughout right. the whole of it, the Hugh Jackson era... I was always pro Hugh Jackson in the aspect of you've got to back your coach. There's no point of backing, half backing anyone in your, in your organisation. You've got to just go with it. Otherwise, mm. you're going to fail. Yeah. So um, it, it didn't work out. The Browns kept him for two and a half seasons. It, made, it makes our job more, it makes the future job more of a sellable position that we will back you even through the tough stages. Yeah. But yeah, um, the Browns fans were really happy for him to go at the end. and uh, Yeah, that's what I was getting from a lot of social yeah. media, which is a shame, again, because he's a good guy, right? He's a good good bloke. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt Hard, about that. Did you watch Hard Knocks at all? Or the I did, Knocks? yeah. I quite enjoyed it. And, yeah, obviously you saw um, him losing his family members and, like... Yeah, you what... can't not like the guy and, and root for him. But, um, I don't know, he had some strong... I mean... I, he had some strong personalities there. I'm not sure about Todd Haley. He looked a bit like some sort of weird Games of Thrones character where he's like kind of whispering in corners and looking to stab his coach in the back. And um, yeah. I've always hated Greg Williams. So, you know, he's, he's I, I dislike him intensely. Well, I'm a Greg Williams fan, I'm afraid to say, Paul. So, like there I said, it's a love show. Um, but uh, <laughs> a lot of Browns fans don't like sometimes what he does. He overblitz, blah blah blah. Um, does yes, he still do that though? Weirdly, a head coach, he's calmed down, right? Um, but yeah, he's still, I think, we're the highest blitzing team in, in the uh, in the uh, in the league. And um, Falcons didn't really put a lot of pressure on against um, Mayfield. Mm. Um, yeah. can you see, um, you guys? trying to get to Mayfield quite quickly um, tomorrow? Well, the weird thing is we've got, you know, we've got an all-pro guy in Geno Atkins who signed a big contract and was having a really good season up until, I don't know, week five or something like that. And then he just kind of disappeared. And I think that's when teams were starting to double him or even triple him. Um, Carlos Dunlap is always likely to make a play, but we've lost uh, a guy called Carl Lawson. I think I mentioned him earlier, second year defensive end. who had a fantastic rookie season. And even though he wasn't getting any sacks, he was getting a heck of a load of pressures this year. Um, we've had trouble getting to the quarterback this year. Um, and that surprised a lot of fans because we genuinely thought that the, the pass rush was going to be a real strength of ours this year. And it hasn't at all like the rest of the defense and I think a lot of it is down to Terrell Austin's scheme there was not a lot of um <coughs> excuse me uh there were there wasn't a lot of disguise there wasn't a lot of blitzes uh well there was but just like weird weirdly timed blitzes and 
Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of an odd one. We should, we have the personnel, still have the personnel, actually, to cause any uh, offensive line problems. But uh, is what is it this week? It's This is the second week that Marvin's in charge of the defence. The hope is that he will... Um, kind of scheme things a little bit better to get more of a pass rush, you know, because um, God knows we need it. Yeah. Um, I've done some research and the names that come out to me tomorrow that look like going to be big players, uh, Mixon. Yeah, um, he's had a good year, actually, Joe Mixon. He, he got injured a little for a few, like two, three weeks, like pretty much most of the Bengals squad this year. Um, but when he's been on the field, he looks... It looks good. Looks really good. He's running harder. He's uh, he's quite elusive. He's he's quite an ungainly looking runner, but he's he's very effective and um, he's good coming out of the backfield. Um, the question is whether we're using him correctly, uh, especially with AJ out. Um, uh, we're not. We, we seem to. Bill Lazor, our offensive coordinator, seems to abandon the run quite easily and quite quickly. And that's a criticism that was levelled at him when he was down in Miami. Um, so, yeah, Mixon's had a good year and he is a threat. Um, and he's been running harder. He's been playing better this year, second year. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say he is, he is a threat for us on the offence, definitely. Yeah, and then someone that's done really well in my fancy uh, team this year is uh, Tyler Boyd. Yeah, he's been incredible this year. Um, we all expected or hoped that John Ross, uh, second-year wide receiver, um, at, uh, I think it was University of Washington, I think. Um, He's a super quick guy, and he, like, rapid. Yeah, he runs, like, 40-yard dash in two seconds or something like that. <laughs> ridiculous. And, um, uh, but, you know, there was always a question mark over John Ross's kind of physicality or lack of it, his frailty. Um, he had a nightmare rookie year. He, he, he got beaten up a little bit, was injured for a lot of it, fell out with Marvin Lewis. Um, uh, and But in pre-season, he looked like a million dollars. And people were thinking, God, this is the number two receiver that we absolutely need, that we haven't had since Marvin Jones, uh, like, you know, three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, but it's actually been Tyler Boyd that stepped up and he's looked fantastic. He's a really... He's, he's a really polished route runner. I'm going to say route rather than route, but because um, I'm English. And um, yeah, he's a really polished. He's really polished up his roots. He hasn't got blazing speed, but he's one of those guys that seems to be in the right place at the right times. And he's become a real go-to guy for Andy Dalton. And he's on course to, you know, it's going to be a thousand-yard season for him, I think. Um, so, yeah, he's a threat. But, of course, with AJ out, now all you have to do is take Tyler Boyd out. And, really, there's nothing much left after that. Okay. Um, okay, and obviously your tight end's always uh, one. We we struggle uh, dealing with tight, opposition tight ends yeah. playing the screens over us. So, um, yeah, he's obviously another person I'm going to be watching out tomorrow. Yeah, Titans are funny on really because obviously Tyler Eifert was coming back from injury this year and again, everyone was thrilled because, you know, everyone knows what he can be. He's one of the better, you know, top certainly top five tight ends in the league. Uh, 
when fit. And he was coming back from a long-term injury uh, this year and he, they eased him in and he looked really good and we looked like a much better offence with him in it, even though he wasn't you know, on the field as much as he used to be. Just him being in, in the scheme helped. And then he, could, he suffered that horrendous broken leg against, uh, I think it was the Falcons, wasn't it? Yeah. And what, you know, what, it's just like the worst luck in the world. The guy's just come back from a long-term injury and now he's going to be out for the rest of the year. Uh, Mate, that, that, that tackle looked like he was out the rest of his career so bad. Yeah, I think I think he's I think he's making progress though, so um, that's good to hear. Uh, and then our uh, backup tight end Tyler Croft, he got injured, so we've got our third string tight end in now, uh, a guy called CJ Uzuma, who's uh, who's actually pretty good. Um, but next to him, we've got like an undrafted rookie. Um, so you know, we really are scraping the barrel at quite a few positions at the moment. Yeah. Okay. And Paul, what's uh What's the Bengals' views? Uh, the UK Bengals' view. You run all the uh, Bengals uh, UK stuff. What's your views on the Browns? And th- don't feel like this is a love story. Be hard, mate. Just just tell how it is. Well, I mean, to be honest, it's mostly pity. I think um, there's that phrase. Oh, they've just Brownsed again. You know what I mean? There's that phrase that a lot of the beat writers in Cincinnati use, and that's been sort of adopted. Um. As I say, personally, I, I've never hated the Browns. I started supporting the Bengals 30-odd years ago when the Browns were fantastic in the 80s. You know, Bernie Kosar and Webster Slaughter and, and all those guys. Um, you know, the ill-fated championship game in Denver. Sorry to remind you about that. I remember that really, really well. Um, uh, so I've never hated the Browns. Um, the pure hate is with the Steelers, as I mentioned earlier. That's pure... Um, yeah, I, I use that. I don't use the word hate very often, but that, that it's it's pure hate for the Steelers. Uh, the Browns, I think, it's pity a little bit because they always seem to make stupid decisions. Um, they always manage to lose, and they honestly they're a bit like us, like we were in the nineties. Um, you've been bad for so long, uh, you can't help but feeling sorry for you guys, really. Um, so yeah, you know, it's not it's not hatred. It's not. It's just. Pity, really. But now, I tell you what, the, the, the tide is turning. I think you guys have got some really good players. And again, if you can get them together and play like a team, then, I mean, a few, quite a few Bengals fans here were worried about the Browns this year. Uh, I don't think... I think we'll... Well, who knows with the injuries, the way we're playing at the moment. But I say, I think you probably get to about 6 and 10, 7 and 9. But yeah, it's not hatred. It's kind of like, oh, poor Browns, and um, which sounds incredibly patronising from a team and organisation like the Bengals. But um, um, but yeah, it's kind of like, it's almost like the Browns are like, you know, the bottom, the perennial bottom feeders, certainly in the AFC North, which you have been. You have to, you can't deny that. Um, and they're kind of a team that you don't really worry about or look at. It's another win, you know, that kind of thing. But this year, I think people realise that you guys are a good team or certainly a good team in the making. Um, and it's actually, uh, we're quite a bad football team at the moment for a bunch of different reasons. So, yeah, I think I think that kind of pity has has turned into slight fear. 
Yeah, good. Well, Paul, I want you to think about that pity. We've got a franchise quarterback in place now, and we don't want to be like the Bengals, an average team. We want trough. Average, average, average. <laughs> Seriously, when we were getting to the playoffs, six, seven out of ten seasons, you would have snapped our hand off to get to those playoffs. Mate. That's the difference, eh? We're, we're not going to the playoffs. We're going to the Super Bowl. Things are changing around here. Yeah, well, uh, all right. Okay, well, yeah, well, that's what we thought when we were getting to the playoffs, <laughs> Uh, obviously didn't happen. Well, Paul, you heard it here first. It's a global exclusive. Browns fan in London, like yourself, is saying next five years, Browns are going to get to the Super Bowl. And Paul, if that right. happened, we need to have a little bet. You know, I, I want something crazy from you. Like, I'm going to jump in Hyde Park or uh, do a naked lap okay. around. Right. Um, Don't think about it now. Ah, sorry, think about it now. I'm going to ask you one other quick question. Yeah. While you're thinking about that is Super Bowl, what would... You, Paul, Bengals fan, willing to yeah. do for the for the Bengals to get to the Super Bowl? Like, what body part would you be willing to lose? <laughs> what body part? Um, wow. Um, what would I be willing to do? I would. I would be not necessarily lose a body part. I have to say, um, I quite like my my the parts of my body. Um, well, well, the Vikings UK fan said she would be willing to chop off her head. For another Super Bowl. Um, well, she's insane, frankly. Um, but um, I, you know, I would willingly. Um, what would I do, man? That's a really tough question because you know it's highly unlikely that we're going to get to another Super Bowl anytime soon. I think because uh, us ben Bengals fans are quite fatalistic as well. Um, we know that lots of bad things happen when we get into positions of of potential joy and excitement. Um, but yeah, I would be willing to go to Cincinnati and I think... Um, <laughs> I would be willing to go to Cincinnati and I would be willing to escort Mike Brown... No, I would be willing to jump off the Roebling Bridge into the Ohio River and swim to Cleveland and back. Um, does the, does the Ohio River even go to Cleveland? I don't know. But I would be willing to swim with, uh, naked in the Ohio River, uh, Bengals painted, uh, like, you know, face painted and body painted as a tiger. Mate, next or, five years. Or even I would be willing to strip naked, which is a horrific thought for anybody who's seen me, uh, paint myself like a tiger and sit in London Zoo with the tigers. Uh, for an hour. So that is next five years. So 2019, 2020, 2021, 22, 23. If the Browns get to the Super Bowl, you're willing to dress up as a tiger, naked tiger in London Zoo. Naked tiger in London Zoo. I'll probably get arrested. I, all right, naked apart from a pair of pants. How about that? Perfect. That's what I love about you. Do you seriously fans. think the Browns are going to get there in five years? We've got franchise quarterback. We've got the they've got the pieces in. We just need the head coach. And who would be your number one choice for a head coach at the moment? I'm sure you're getting asked this like left, right, and centre, right? Yeah, yes. some of the some of the names for the uh, Browns coaches would be uh, uh, John Filippo, obviously ex um, OC at the Browns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Josh McDaniels always seems to get linked, and uh, like I said, um, uh, Lincoln Riley's name yeah. keeps been up. Um, but yeah, there's probably about 10 names on the list that everyone's um, 
shouting out online at the moment. And I think, but I think everyone's quite open to it. Well, whoever Dorsey goes with, we're yeah. just going to basically. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, do you think you'll get one in before the end of the season, or are you going to go Williams until the, into just for the last sort of half a dozen games? No, I think we're definitely going to. Uh, I don't think we're going to get anyone before. Um, we may announce it, but yeah, I think there's still um, there's still a huge um, yeah focus. And Greg Williams, obviously, going to interview for the job as well. So um, uh, yeah, we have to beat you guys tomorrow. We have to, or else it's kind of it's good night Vienna. I think for the playoffs at least. Yeah, and what's um, what are your predictions? Score predictions for uh, tomorrow. Well, I originally, initially, when I thought that AJ was coming back and one of our linebackers, Nick Vigil, was coming back, um, I was predicting a Bengals win, 27-20. Um, okay. But now AJ is not back. Now Vigil's not back. Preston Brown's gone to IR. We've got another. We've had two defensive linemen go on to IR this week. Uh, Drake, uh, starting cornerback, Drake Kirkpatrick, looks as though he's going to be out. Um, and another couple of key guys are out. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if you got the win. Okay, but um, as I say, it's, it's, it is a must win for us, I think. Go on, put your, put your cock on the block. What score are you going to go with? Again, you guys and your sacrificing body parts, man. What is it? What it? What is it going on? I'm not putting my cock anywhere, thanks. <laughs> um, on anyone's blog. Big thing on the show, it's uh, it's. Oh, well, you didn't tell me that. It's like I'm going to have to to come on the show. I'm going to have to lose a body part. Um, okay, I'm going to. No, I'm going to stick with it. I I think the crowd will be into it. I think. Um, I don't know. I think somehow we we get a, a win tomorrow, but it's going to be close. I think uh, we don't do very well against mobile quarterbacks. Um, so uh, Baker could be quite elusive and tricky for us tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to stick with a, 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 Beng- a narrow Bengals victory. And you're going to stay with 27-20? Uh, yeah. Okay. I actually go in with 27-20 for the Browns, and I'm not copying you. I've got it. Um... Okay. No, it's fair enough. I mean, to be honest, it could go that way. I just think, I don't know. I, you know, I'm a Bengals homer. What can I say? It's, it's weird with, with the, the Bengals and Marvin because he's been there for, like, so long. You know, a lot of Bengals fans only know Marvin as a head coach. So when it looked as though he might leave at the end of last season there was a mixture of sort of slight confusion and, but also excitement about getting someone completely new in. Um, but obviously that never happened. So um, we're stuck with him for another couple of years. Yeah. Um, well, look, uh, hopefully after the game, we can have a bit of uh, social media banter about the game. Let's do um, it. We, as I said, we get, we, um, I mentioned to you off air that we've got a, a Bengals UK meetup tomorrow. Man, that's uh, awesome. We're recording this obviously on the Saturday night. So, um, um, so yeah, we've got a meetup uh, on the Sunday afternoon in Sheffield. Um, so that'll be fun where uh, a load of Bengals fans will get together and either shout and scream or cry, depending on the result, in a pub in Sheffield. So that'd be fun. That's good, man. How often do you meet up as a group? Well, we try to do it. It's we try to do it at least a couple of times a year. 
Uh, we're not on Sky that much, so um, we were a couple of years ago when we were good, but obviously when you're bad, you don't get on Sky too much. So, um, yeah, we put on our own stuff, really. Um, we've had one in London this year, and we, we had one in Manchester for the draft. We had one in London a couple of weeks ago, and we're having one in Sheffield. And then we might have something in the new year, depending on if they get to the playoffs. Or not, actually, we might have something in the new year. So... You know, I think it's important to have those meetups because social media is great and all, but you can't be being in the same room with a bunch of fans of your own team because, let's face it, being a a fan of an NFL team in the UK is quite a solitary or can be quite a solitary experience. You're there, you know, watching it on your laptop on Game Pass or Red Zone or whatever. And, uh, you know, you're just chatting on social media. So to actually be in a room full of, in my case, Bengals fans, shouting, screaming and chatting about a, a subject that most people look at you a bit strangely at if you ever try and talk to them about the Cincinnati Bengals, for instance. Um, it's just tremendous fun and you just can't beat that. So, yeah, we're trying to get as many meetups as, as we can um, and try and drawing out all those Bengals fans from underneath rocks all over the country, you know, so... Um, and you know that's been that's been one of the really great things about doing this whole Bengals UK thing. It's it's kind of meeting people from all over the country, and as I'm sure you as well, Paul. You know, meeting fellow Browns fans and getting together, and and just just seeing the commitment of people who are willing to come from Scotland and Wales and wherever on a Sunday night to a meetup. It's just it still kind of staggers me, really. Well, yeah, tomorrow, mate. I'm flying to Ireland, and I'm uh, meeting the West. Coast, um, Galloway, Galloway, whatever they're called, yeah. Brown Backers Group. So, um, wow. yeah, and next year I'm planning a, tr- uh, an, a crazy adventure. I'm going to do eight games in the US and eight games visiting all our European fans. So, uh, wow, um, I'm going to make it into a TV show as well. So, uh, bloody hell, oh, uh, mate, look, that's I'm, incredible, mate. I'm, uh, I'm not going to take any more of your time, mate. You've been an absolute legend for coming on. It's a shame you're a Bengals fan, but look. We're both in the UK and we're both promoting NFL in the UK. Exactly. I could say the same thing for you, Paul, but, you know, we're, we, we've got to stick, us Brits have got to stick together. Apart where, from, you know, maybe not a Steelers fan, but, you know. Um, uh, where, can we, um, where can we find the details? Well, uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, at Hooday underscore UK, or on the Facebook, uh, and that's just Bengals UK. All right, excellent. Um, look, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to getting you on again. I think we're going to do a divisional um, piece later in the season. Um, I'm afraid to say we are definitely going to get a Steelers guy on the on the phone or on the on the Skype and uh, go from there. But yeah, best of luck tomorrow, and I really hope the Browns win. Thanks, Paul. Uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, it's been a pleasure. And obviously, you know, who day, and uh, hopefully we'll be back to. 500 tomorrow after after spanking you guys. All right, excellent. All right, Paul, take care. All right, mate. Take care.